0: In this episode my guest is Ken Course he specializes in helping businesses find their next customers we talk about why business development revolves around answering customer questions welcome to episode 130 of the marketing and finance podcast
1: This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. And now here's your host, Roger Edwards.
0: Hello and welcome to the Marketing Finance Podcast and it's episode 130. I don't know where the time has gone, We're coming up to the third anniversary of the launch of the show. Most podcasts only last seven or so episodes, so I'd like to thank you for all your support and feedback over the last three years. I really do appreciate you downloading or streaming the show. In just over a week... I'll be taking the stage at the Content Marketing Academy live conference in Edinburgh, talking about fighting complexity in marketing. I'm really excited to be sharing the stage with many past guests on the podcast, Chris Marr, Chris Ducker, Janet Murray, and Andrew and Pete. I've been working with many companies recently, helping them put together simple marketing strategies, and I've been refining my model after each assignment. Strategy can get complex and quite intellectualised with all the talk of swats and pests and grids and peas, but my approach is much simpler. If you want to have a chat about putting together a simple marketing strategy for your business, please get in touch at rogeredwards.co.uk. So let's meet this week's guest. He is US-based Ken Kors. We chat about how to focus on your highest and best skills and outsource the rest Systemizing the most common questions you get asked to free you up to find more clients. Reducing your reliance on referrals by tapping into technology. Why the world now revolves around answering questions. And how we're all teachers and why we need to stand out. Ken is the founder of Explore Momentum and leads a community called Your Momentum Now, which he built around helping companies create results. He'll help you find your next customer, fill your next event, grow your database, and put in place systems and make more sales. Ken knows all about marketing automation, speaking, training, developing and launching information products, coaching, and speaking very loudly. So let's get right into that interview with Ken here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. So, Ken, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Roger, and uh, I appreciate being able to bring some international flavor to what you've got going on over here.
0: (laughs) So, obviously, you are from the United States. Whereabouts in the States are we Skyping each other from today,
2: Ken? Um, I, I currently live in the Boston, Massachusetts area, which is on the east coast of the U.S., um, but I have been a, a speaker and a trainer for over 10 years, and that basically means when you're in this business, you travel more than you're at home. So I've been all over the country. I actually have been fortunate enough to do multiple training events in London and uh, over in the UK as well. So I've I've had a chance to visit over there, and um, yeah, I love, I love it here. I love uh, Boston in particular is an interesting city because it's a hub of education mm-hmm. in the United States and so a very big market of <clears throat> marketing professionals financial professionals obviously you have the top educational institutions in the country here so tons of smart people young talent uh, great people in the city
0: <laughs> so you live in boston but effectively for the last 10 years you've been living out of a suitcase i think is what correct you're me.
2: living the world tour of scenic hotel rooms is what I tell people. It's it's unfortunate because I don't get to spend quite as much time in the cities as uh-huh. I would like. But I've I've tried. I've been very well traveled and, and fortunate to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think there's it, traveling's fine. But do you know what I do? Quite a lot of traveling as well. Maybe not as many many uh, as many hours traveling as I used to do when I was younger. But there's nothing better than getting home and when i arrive back into edinburgh the the uh, flight path into edinburgh airport often goes over the 4th. and seeing the city and seeing the bridges I think oh I'm home and it always feels good.
2: Yes same here same here and especially now I, as I as I mentioned Boston is right on the ocean and we are lucky enough to be within walking distance of the ocean so we can walk right out and look at that and it's a good way to get grounded and, and feel home the
0: same as you described. <laughs> so you've mentioned you've, you're a speaker you're into marketing right. you're into business development you're into building businesses but right. before we get into talking a little bit more about that in detail, Ken, and and maybe see how we can apply it to the UK financial services market and beyond. Maybe give the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast a little bit more about your background, where you come from, what you do, where you're going, and basically what makes Ken Course tick. Sure.
2: Well, actually, I, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur. I was somebody that really my focus in, in my life and career has been all about teaching right. and has been all about training. Uh, I come from a, a family of instructors, particularly on the creative side. They're all musicians and music teachers. Um, and I followed along, but I kind of wanted to carve my own path. And over time, what, I, what the frustration was for me was, obviously, most people who are on an educational or a training path Um, start to realize is that there's a lot of bureaucracy and hierarchy in the education system. Lots of training uh, without a ton of return. Teachers aren't very well valued in, in society. And I I happened to luck my way into some conferences and seminars that were focused on building a business and becoming an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I had always been a person that I loved to tinker. I've been building websites since I was a teenager. Uh, Primarily, I'm a musician as well to promote music and and promote whatever creative project I was working on. And um, I came in thinking that it was just going to be kind of a, a, an academic style training. And it turned out to be a seminar and, and really focused on kind of combining personal development and self-development and business skills. I, I loved it. I, I immediately kind of jumped into the world and, and got a role in that company and was a marketing manager there, which means probably a very different thing to um, than, than it means in the corporate world, because a marketing manager is really anything that's related to customer relations or customer-client uh, contact, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about that more during this podcast, I'm sure. Um, but for me, I love working with exactly um, what, we, what I was when I came in, which is small businesses that you've got a great idea or you've got a great service. And the systems of business probably aren't your passion. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't super passionate about being marketers or finding, client or finding content or mm-hmm. the sales process. They're just kind of the, the things that you have to do that get you through to the things that you're really skilled at and that you love. And so for me, I've specialized in, in teaching those businesses, whether you're brand new to it or whether you're someone that has been around a long time. You know what's working in the market right now, how to cut down on the, the headaches and the pain that are involved with the marketing process so that you get to spend more time focused on your your highest and best use, your highest skill whether it's financial industry or whether it's teaching or training or you know whatever you love to do in that business so that you're not spending your entire early years of your business which this can go on for years for some people in trying to find customers and trying to make sales and so um other than that you know I mentioned I'm a musician I love karaoke I love singing so that's probably <laughs> the biggest thing I do when I'm not speaking and training so love a stage and and love working with anybody that's trying to become a speaker trying to become an expert or trying to launch a
0: business What sort of um do you play an instrument
2: I do I play um primarily uh piano so um I'm more on the keyboard side nowadays okay. because all of that's in your computer, but I play piano, drums, guitar, and I sing. So I'm kind of a one-man band. I was going to say you
0: could you could do all the parts to a, to a piece exactly. of music. Exactly.
2: Well, and these days with computers, if you're into technology like I am, for the most part, everyone's walking around with little studios in your phone and in, and in your laptop and in your computer. So it's pretty amazing. I actually, when I'm on the road a lot, I will carry a little piano with me that I plug right into my laptop and you can play and record music and so I've always been a little bit of a of a techno guy and love the technology love playing with stuff like that love to tinker
0: I would have loved to have played a musical instrument, but my problem is I'm completely tone deaf when it comes to, to the actual music process itself. But of sure. course, now this great technology that we have these days means that you can pretend. I mean, I composed the theme tune to my podcast using GarageBand and I'm completely, and utterly hopeless, but it doesn't sound too bad. So just goes to right. show what you can do with technology.
2: Right. It's amazing. And and just like that, you know, that's a good segue in Mm -hmm. some ways, because there are the goal for most. And I I can say this speaking as someone that has a marketing consulting business. I've worked in uh, the financial space with insurance companies, um, you know, life, whole life, life insurance, financial vehicles, um, as well as the real estate industry. Uh And most people that I've that I've learned that are highly skilled in that space are people that don't Love or embrace technology technology is kind of the obstacle to doing the thing that you want to do Yeah, and you know, just like you mentioned with GarageBand it's it's possible to Become a musician and write a song without playing an instrument There's actually some of the most famous musicians in the world started that way right now and you can produce music right out of your house Same thing applies when you're trying to find a new customer or you're trying to build a business Nowadays, there is so much help on the technology side Mm. and so many different ways you can find tools that will either help you find clients or help you get organized on the financials end or help you manage the business. And, you know, so maybe we can get into some of that today as well, just to give people some tips and tools they can look at.
0: Yeah, I think really what you are saying before, and, and it resonates with me because this subject comes up on the podcast quite a lot, is you've got a business person, and let's for example say it's a financial advisor, because 80, sure. 80% of the people who listen to this work in the financial services industry. A lot of financial advisors do just that, they give financial advice, but they might not be marketing experts, they may not be um, experts at doing the books, they may not be experts at business development. and sometimes it can be a bit of a barrier can't it oh, i need to do some marketing have i got enough money to spend to get an agency in to do it for me or do i pay somebody or do i employ somebody to do it but again nowadays technology is 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 there and we can start to overcome these barriers a lot easier than we we did in the past
2: absolutely as well as get connected with teams that are either more affordable or more specialized um, and, and so when it comes down to that, I, I agree for the most part, people want to have conversations and what I would call their highest and best use skills. So if mm-hmm. you're a financial advisor and I, I, and I may compare that at times to a coach or to a trainer, mm-hmm. because the idea is the same. The idea is you want to spend your time in the creative process with somebody mm-hmm. or, or crunching the numbers or digging into their situation so you can give them real answers. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, the customer is probably not at that point with you. So, so think about you know before a customer's your customer or when they're coming to you. The marketing part is is having the conversations that aren't necessarily super exciting to you as a professional mm. because you'd love to know more about them and they're just kind of walking around in in what I would call the beginner state, just mm-hmm. going like, all right, I have a question or. I've heard about financial advisors, but I don't know what financial advisors do exactly or, you know, don't or you'll get the question of don't financial advisors help you get you know insurance or help you find a mortgage or help you get into a home or or maybe help you invest. Maybe I'm not ready for that. So, you know, for the most part, when you come into an industry like that, which is true of the training industry as well. Your customer, you have to, the marketing part is really starting in the conversation, which is probably not your favorite. It's the repetitive conversation mm. that you get, the question that you get asked over and over when somebody starts with you, like what's going on with the economy or what's going on with the <laughs> job market? And you might feel like you're answering it a million times a day, but overall the goal would be you know, to systemize those conversations and to be able to, with either technology or team or yourself, be able to kind of put something that can have those conversations when you're not having those conversations together, whether it's, you know, training, you know, blog style content, articles, promotion. That's the end goal of all of this. And, and so really one of the things that it actually does do, even though it might feel like a headache is. It gives you somewhere to send people so that you don't have to spend all your time answering the same questions over yes. and over, starting at the beginner level or, you know, dealing with people who don't understand what you do. It actually gives you some assistance in that and allows you to have new conversations over time. So it's one of the one of the interesting things that happens as you start getting into this space and learning how to meet new customers and how to, and what to send them and how to have those conversations
0: one of the ways in which businesses develop especially the what i would call professional industries like financial services perhaps accountants and lawyers as well is that traditionally you get business from word of mouth from referrals right. And, of course, these days that still works. Maybe it doesn't work as well as before because I think a lot of people now will go straight to Google, won't they? They'll type in financial advisor or they'll type in accountant or they'll type in lawyer. And perhaps the referral system doesn't work as as well as as it used to do. So if if you've got a business, a professional business, and and you're sitting there waiting for the phone to ring – what right. would your tips be to you know we can't ref- re- rely on referrals anymore. It's obviously not working. what What would your tips be to tap into some of the digital technology that's out there, some of the networks that are out there, even the social media networks? what 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 should we be doing?
2: Sure. well, and and let me reframe um, technology a little bit for some of the listeners out there who mm-hmm. aren't super into it. Again, especially if you're a financial professional, you might use technology tools to run some numbers or work with clients or or get data out. But for the most part, when you start talking about social media, you might start thinking about you know what people had for breakfast or yeah. you might start thinking about you know funny videos and stuff like that. But the best way to, to approach your social media actually is I would say that referrals aren't dead. They're actually more alive than ever. Right. And they still exist when you learn how to work the social platform. So if you're a financial professional, there's a couple of of basics that you pretty much have to have together. And this is true really of any local business or any service business. You want to have a Google profile up, and this is anywhere in the world. You want to have a Google profile up, which you can get a Google business profile for free, put up some really basic information about your business. So who you are, where you practice, Your address and phone number so that you at the very least have some sort of presence when someone Googles you. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, your name, you know, your business, where you are, you know, this is before you even have to get to a build a website kind of phase. And you might have that website already. But Google profiles are great. If you're especially local in your community, you want to be looking at Yelp as well. Um, uh, So same idea of making sure that you kind of capture your business listings wherever possible. Mm -hmm. And then after your, your Google and Yelp and and Facebook, which are really kind of the biggest areas. If I'm a if, if I'm a financial professional or a services professional, I'm going right to LinkedIn. Yeah, which LinkedIn is really where you're going to find the business to business people. People that are networking on LinkedIn are people that are either looking for these kinds of services or they're familiar with it. I'm not having to do as much convincing. And these networks function in the same way that any other networking group would function. So, I mean, as a, as a financial professional, and real estate professional, it's drilled into your head from the minute that you start doing training to network, network, network. You know, yeah. go to every networking group, be in every room that you can be in where you can hand out business cards and material and shake hands with people. Well, now you can do that with LinkedIn. Yeah. So your profile is exactly the same and and some of the, t- the the first tip i would give you know again is is for those of you that don't have that set up or you haven't started networking is you want your linkedin profile to function as a sales letter for you so don't use it like a business card where it's just some basic information and it's just saying all right here i am this is you know some basics but in the profile space get a little more creative about how you work with customers or you know use the kind of most common questions that you're asked as the as the lead in the about you section or as the lead in your professional references section. So your LinkedIn profile can essentially be your website um, mm-hmm. and to start. So don't treat it like, you know, hey, here I am and this is all the stuff about me. Think about the reader and think about the customer who's going to be looking at that and you can use that space almost as a, as a website for you in and of itself to answer questions or to talk about the most frequently asked questions you get, or if you have a specialty to share that specialty. And then once you've got that, you know, kind of going into that networking routine of you want to find groups that make sense for you. Um, the best advice I can give you with LinkedIn or with any platform is to go in and try and look for yourself. Yes. So do a search. Look for other other people in your industry. See what comes up when you type in, you know, particular products that you have or vehicles that you have. And if there are groups or associations, which inevitably there will be, join them and and see what people are talking about. Get in the conversation and treat it like you would treat any other networking opportunity. So how the, when I say that, what I mean is you go to a networking event. You go and you, you collect business cards. The first thing you do when you get back to your office is you – I well, if you're good at this and you don't just throw them all in a drawer, which <laughs> some people do that. Yep. But if you're good at this, you start following up with those people. You either call them or you send them an email. You remind them of who you were and you, and you try to set up an appointment. The same thing is possible with LinkedIn to go out, find groups. When you see people asking questions that you can answer or you see people out there searching for what you're doing and and they're either unanswered or even if they are, you can send a message to that person, let them know who you are and what you do and say you'd love to answer some of their questions. So it doesn't have to get into complex strategy and we can talk more about higher level strategy, but for some of you, it's as simple as spending 30 minutes a day or an hour a day, you know, getting that profile set up. And just going into groups and and answering questions, meeting people, and then reaching out to them directly. And and there are local groups and international groups. That is kind of the start, and and it's the same model you would use in a networking group. So for those of you who are doing nothing right now and that's where you're starting, that is your first piece of homework. Get your LinkedIn profile set up. Think about the top two or three questions that you're asked and answer them in your profile. So don't use your about me just to describe I'm, you know, I'm Ken, I'm a marketing guy. You know, you put some questions and answers in there and then start networking the same way you would network offline. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think answering people's questions is always a really good start, isn't it? Because yep. these days, the world almost revolves around questions, because yep. we know that people type questions into Google, you know, where's the nearest Chinese restaurant, where's the nearest accountant? No, the, the world revolves around questions. So if you put questions and answers into your LinkedIn profile, if you answer questions on Twitter, if you answer questions on your website, then people are going to find you and people are going to get to know you and like you just by reading your answers. Exactly. and And what's
2: interesting is you know at the higher level or the or the big marketing level that you would hear when you start exploring you know should i hire a firm or should i start marketing myself you know that at the higher level they're going to call that what's called content marketing strategy mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is saying you go out and you find people who have questions, and the materials you create, and this is true of your brochures or, or websites you may have and stuff already, are really just questions and answers. So, you know, looking through it on LinkedIn or looking through it on Google, as if you were searching for yourself, see the types of content that's out there, and all you have to do is answer the questions. So rather than getting into the big conversation, this is actually what starts you in that conversation of, if I'm a marketing expert and you were going to hire me, which is possible with the being being in an agency, the first thing I'm going to do if you don't have content is I'm going to interview you the yeah. same way that you would do on this podcast. I'm going to get to know you. I'm going to get to know your language and how you answer questions. And then I'm going to do exactly what I just told you to do. Make sure your profiles are all up to date. Make sure that if you have a website that it, that it's focused on the customer and not just you. Make sure it's a bit more than than just a brochure that's online. Because for the most part, the way that people operate these days, is they expect some content first. They mm-hmm. expect some education before they're actually willing to work with you. So they're going to go out and they're going to look for you. And as you mentioned, um, even before we got in this meeting is people will come out. They'll look for you. The first thing they'll look for are reviews. So they want to get an idea. All right. Is this person really in the world? Do they really do business? And what do other people think? And then once they go, okay, you passed that test. The second thing they're going to do is say, you know, well, I want to see if he answers my question, (laughs) which is whatever their specific question is, you know, whether they're looking for a particular vehicle or insurance or whatever. So you want to have something online that's doing the talking for you when you're not doing the talking. Those are the first very, very basic steps. And what that becomes over time and, and what has been added with all this technology is really, it can become an entire platform. It can become articles that you share on your own website and other sites. It can become a podcast, like what you're doing right here, where you do either interviews or questions and answers, the same way that a lot of financial professionals would do radio shows back in the day. Mm. Um, you can have your own podcast or radio show. They can be little video sessions, and you can do video completely free with uh, you know, Facebook and Facebook Live or YouTube. So And that doesn't have to be complex. It could be, hey, I saw this interesting question and I just wanted to give you a 30 second answer or a 60 second answer little things like that over time can become your marketing platform they can become what you send people to or what you refer to and you know in the case of, of a real estate team I've worked with for the years what they'll do is is exactly what we're describing they'll do um, answers on the different markets that they choose how they choose a market how they decide a property how they review a deal um, and for you that might be without getting too um, custom you might say how you work work with the client. You might say, you know, what are the first steps we're going to do when we work together? You might say, what are the most common things that people want? So even just those 3 questions answered in any format, whether you write it or you talk it or you put it on video, are great starts to get you some marketing material.
0: I think this whole concept of the world revolving around questions, it really appeals to me. I've, I, and I've, I know this and I've said it loads of times, but I've never actually expressed it like that, the world revolving around questions. And I do it myself. If I'm going to be writing an article, and let's just say I, I decide I'm going to write an article today about content marketing, you've mentioned that today, I'll often yeah. go into Twitter and I'll type in content marketing question mark. And of course, Twitter will give me a load of tweets back from people who've included the word content marketing in a question and there I probably have hundreds if not thousands of content marketing questions that people are asking and there I've got lots of ideas that I can then turn into blogs and into videos and into audios whatever it might be that answers people's questions And, and just going back to what you said at the start about you consider yourself to be a teacher you know you're up on stage you're teaching you're doing seminars you're teaching are we not all now, whatever profession we are, whether we are financial advisors or accountants or whatever it might be, are we just not all teachers now? We're, we're answering people's questions and therefore we're, we're giving them knowledge, we're teaching them. Is that, is that where we are?
2: Absolutely right, and and I actually, since for those of you who aren't in the marketing circles, there are many many new school marketing mentors. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, who's one of mine, Gary v, a lot of people in the industry know him. He's a motivational guy and a marketing guy. He actually frames it by saying we're all in the attention business. Yeah, and I actually think that's true. I think education is a tool in getting people's attention, and and one of the things that that makes you distinct because. I th- when, when you say financial services or you say you know financial professional, especially for me being, being in the US I have a very particular image that comes to mind and I would imagine this is true in the in the UK as well it's not that different depending on where you are you think of a kind of a rundown guy in a suit you know that's <laughs> passing out brochures or flyers and, and you either go into his office or you talk to him and that's kind of who you are now in the attention business that becomes an issue because if there's a million guys like that that are out in the space, And most of them are doing one thing where they're, you know, boring or they're they're not bringing in any personality or they're reading the brochure or any of that. You have an opportunity um, in, in this space and especially now. As these platforms are still maturing, they're still very new. If you think about how they're all maturing and how people use them, you know there's certainly some that have been around. Google obviously has been around to the point where they're almost mature, but there's opportunity to get attention in unconventional ways. So for those of you out there who want to see some of those, um, a great example for this industry would be CGP Grey. I'm not sure if you've ever if you're familiar with them. They're a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and the guy is a he's like an engineer and a data modeler and does these very entertaining animated videos that are actually about science and they're about statistics and Uh there's some about politics and the economy and all that but it was a unique way to get attention which is really what we're all in the business of so that he could bring you into education and so for for all of us it's it's getting that attention first which you can do by answering a question, which you can do by teaching somebody something, or you can do by saying things that other people aren't willing to say. Uh So I, I call that controversial, but really just being willing to come out and take a stand. So as you mentioned, when you go to LinkedIn or you go to Twitter and you do a search, And you find some content, maybe what you'll find, and I think this is true if you look at Facebook, especially with the political situation these days, you'll see plenty of people have different opinions. You'll probably look at things and have a different opinion. And so if you do, don't don't be afraid to embrace it. Don't be afraid to come out and say what other people aren't willing to say or what other people aren't saying, because, again, those are things that can get you attention. And right now we're all in the attention business. We're all in trying to get you to stop for five seconds in the middle of scrolling or in the middle of networking and go, hey, you should know about this or, hey, you should learn about this. And that is one of the vehicles we can use, education or value or just being interesting. You know, and, and and there are plenty of models. I highly recommend if you want to see something totally different in that space, look at something like CGP Grey um, or, or look at ways that you can bring your personality. Like you started this interview by asking me personal questions so that people would be more related to me rather than just going, here's Ken, the marketing guy. And we just talked about marketing because now... When you listen you feel like you know me you feel like you know a little bit more about who i am and what i'm about and that makes the teaching part or the education part better and so for a lot of you out there if you have hobbies or interests or passions that go you know that that help make your business a little better or the way that you work with your customers don't hesitate to embrace those. In fact, you should, because we are all in the business of trying to get attention.
0: <laughs> yeah, we want to get attention. And there are some people out there in the financial services industry in the UK who are doing a really good job of this, Ken. Pete Matthew is one of the guys who's been on my podcast. And a lot of people who listen to the podcast know Pete because he has a podcast called Meaningful Money. And he gets down, he gets thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads because he makes financial services for the consumer simple to understand but he's got attention but other financial advisors might be saying but Pete's doing that podcast now. There's no need for me to do another podcast. And then they may look at Roger and say, well, he's doing a podcast about marketing and finance. So that's already been done. I can't do that. What would you say to those people who think somebody else has already grabbed the attention in their particular bit of space?
2: I think it's simple. I think that the first thing, and this is true of almost all forms of marketing, if you see something being done again and again and again, whether it's podcasts or advertising or you know even you know newspaper and radio back in the day, the reason you're seeing that is typically because it works, not because it doesn't. Yes. <laughs> so if you see it again and again, you should be going, huh? And and I actually would refer to this as most of us look at the world from the frame of what a person is doing. So we look at the surface. We say, oh well, Roger does this, does this podcast. Obviously, it helps him get clients or it helps him do whatever. What we fail to look at a lot of the time is how and why you're doing this and Mm. how and why there are so many podcasts right now and the kind of thinking and model that goes into it. So first of all, if you're seeing it all over the place, my my favorite example of this right now is what what I would call clickbait. You see a million articles and you find yourself going, oh, if I have to see another one of those, the 10 reasons you need to know about this. I'm going to throw up. But then what you start to go is, why am I seeing the 10 things you need to know about everything everywhere? It's because it works. So first of all, try to shift the kind of marketing taboo out of your mind of if everybody's doing it, I shouldn't, because chances are, if a lot of people are doing it and you're seeing a lot of conversation about it, there's some truth in there. There's something that works. But then the second thing I would say, and this is true, I would say this to anybody in any industry, especially speakers and experts and people who are going to do this. There is no other you. The distinction that exists between you and other businesses is people don't think the way you think. They don't do the way you do. It's amazing because you can you can ask somebody a question. And it could be a very basic question about how they feel about something or choices they've made in life. And everyone will have a different answer. In fact, I bet if you ask 10 people what they think financial services are, they would give you 10 different answers (laughs) about what it is. And so for you, leveraging your own experience or your own systems or your own tools or things you've developed, whether, you know, I know people who have amazing systems of post-it notes. And that's how they manage their whole life and their whole business and they're very effective with it, that's fine. No one can share what you can share the way you would share it. And so for those of you who've never done this in your life and it sounds horrifying or terrifying, get interviewed. So try to get on podcasts like this one, or just sit down with someone in your office with your phone. You can do this with a phone and totally free just to start and have somebody ask you a few questions. Or even better than that, if you have a client you've worked with and, and you're going to do a session, ask them, can I record this session so that I can listen to it later and hear what questions you asked or even use that session. And, and this is some of the best content I've seen come out of people just recording a session. Now, obviously, in financial services, you might have some sensitive information or you might not want to share that person's name or information. But the idea is the same. The way you do things or why and how you do things are going to be what makes you different than the million other people that use the same vehicles and the same tools, because you're going to use it in a different way than they use it. And your story matters. And, And I tell people this all the time, and they would think, why does anybody care about me or my story? The reason is, is that that's what creates trust. It creates relatability. I feel like you're a real person on the other side of that. I feel like you have you have interests and you have opinions and you have, you know, life outside of what you do in your career and profession. And it's easy for us doers um, that love to do it or love to do the service and love to work with people to forget that yeah, there's probably something that we do in our way of working with clients, whether we're brand new or been in this for twenty five years that we bring to the table that's just unique to us, that the thing that we're excited about or the thing that got us involved in the first place or are, are of interest. So, you know, all these types of content platforms work. They're very popular right now for a reason. They make you discoverable. They make you an expert, which is what most people don't realize they need to do these days, which is to claim that attention, being an expert in what you do or being an expert in your space is critical. So that, you know, I know you exist and I know what you do. And then from there, you know, use what is unique to you. If you are a sarcastic person, be sarcastic. If you're a person that is funny, be funny. If you're a person that's serious, be serious. And I mean, look at the the best example is look at television. Look at, you know, how the news differs even between the UK and the US. Look at Sky News versus CNN or Fox News, very different messages and methodologies, but people watch all of them. So the same thing is true online. You know, people want serious content. People want funny content. People want all sorts of different content. Your job is just to have something that you can send to somebody so that they can get to know who you are and what you're
0: about. Does Um, that make sense? Absolutely. And to really try to summarize that, Ken, really what we're saying is that the world is asking questions You can get business by answering those questions, perhaps in your own style, in your own tone of voice, and answer them in a way that makes you stand out and makes people like you and lets people trust you. And that is a recipe for success. It'll take time, but it's a recipe for success.
2: Yep. And some of the people I've seen, I'll give some examples because I worked, um, I have worked with a couple of different people in the financial services industry before, um, primarily specializing in either insurance vehicles or even going through to to mortgage and, and traditional finance like that here in the United States. And I know of one who they were legitimately very interested in money and how money worked and how the economy worked and how the markets worked. And so, you know, he's the type of guy that when he woke up in the morning, the first thing he would do is, you know, either pick up his tablet or pick up a newspaper even and go through and look about it and he'd have opinions. And so a lot of what he did to, to get customers or to put himself out there on online was talked about those opinions. And, you know, regardless of whether they were related to what he was going to sell you or not, it gave people some insight and gave people the opportunity to connect with them, mm. you know, and 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 he actually tended even more so towards the, the doom and gloom side. So it was always how you know the economy was crashing and 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 but some people want to hear that message and that connects them. And then that was his vehicle and he was a very serious guy. So not a ton of humor, but that was the way he approached it. Then on the other hand, there was a there was another guy I worked at worked with who specialized more in uh, corporate accounting and tax and that kind of thing, who was way more funny. And that was his personality. And he had a very um, interesting life outside of that and a lot of passions outside of that community service. And, and also, you know, entertainment and golf and all of those things. So he brought that into his conversation. Same vehicles, basically. They, they both had some of the same vehicles. And what I came to find out later was, you know, especially here in the United States, there are only so many underwriters for certain types of financial services or certain types of products here. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of these professionals were with the same underwriting firm. So they knew each other. They met each other at at different events. It was the same people when they would go to get trained on the system, um, but very different ways of approaching and finding customers. Does that make sense?
0: So, Ken, thinking about your career to date and you're on stage, you're doing consultancy, you're being a teacher, what's the one thing that you'd like the listeners of the Marketing and Finance Podcast to take away from your life experience? Oh,
2: for me, it's, it's it's be willing to teach. And you kind of brought that up already. It's that, you know, most of us, in fact, there's the latest statistics that have come out that say, especially in the US, that almost 70% of the population would rather die than be a public speaker. (laughs) Like, it's a legitimate statistic. They would rather die, then go on a stage or, the, or be on a video or go on a platform. And for some of you, I understand this stuff is like your worst nightmare. You you don't want to do it. And in that case, you know, it's really comes down to how do we simplify it so it doesn't feel like we're getting on a stage and doing things that you don't like or doing things that you hate. And as we mentioned, just getting down to answering questions, doing the things that you hear Every single day and being willing to teach for me that that's the one thing that's actually built my career. It's what got me on stages. It was, you know, my curiosity for technology and for marketing and for business and for life really came across and I was just willing to teach it. And there are a million other marketing guys and professionals who have done this, and some of which probably have even better models than I do, and and they have different experience, or they've been doing this for longer. But for me, I have my experience. I'm willing to teach in a way that a lot of people aren't willing to. And in this case, for some of you, it's, it's just in starting small. You answer questions every day in your business. You work with clients every day in your business, be willing to teach, be willing to answer questions, and the more that you do that, the more you'll find it comes back to you in your business, regardless of whatever it is that you do.
0: Looking outside of what you do day to day then, mm-hmm. can you give me an example of a, of a marketing campaign you've seen, or it could be a product that's caught your attention, something that's made you sit back and think, wow, just tell me what it was and what you liked sure. about it. Sure. So
2: I love anything that has entertaining elements to it. Mm -hmm. One of the ones that I use, and and this might be tougher for those of you in the UK, so I'll give you a Google link, is there is a company called Old Spice that exists here in the US. It may also exist in the UK. I'm not sure. Aftershave. Uh, Aftershave, deodorant. So. About 15 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, Old Spice—if you ask somebody in the United States what it was—they would tell you it was old man deodorant or old man (laughs) aftershave. Old Spice was a brand that was that was associated with your grandfather, you know, and 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 not only your grandfather but like skeezy old men. They'd be like, "Ugh, Old Spice is gross. No one likes it." So Old Spice realizes this, and they hire one of these new marketing firms. And and obviously they're not the average marketer, but they come out with these advertisements that are, that are almost insane with me, the yeah. way that I would put them. And you can Google them. Old Spice Guy um, was the start of it. So if you Google Old Spice Guy, it'll, it'll pull up this commercial that they had created, which is, you know, a younger, a younger model that's talking about Old Spice. And it is hilarious and bizarre and off the wall. And immediately when they start running this ad and running this commercial to people, it changes the impression of the brand. And within the first three years, they're, they go up 800% in sales and they've totally shed this idea of – you know, being the old man deodorant. Another (sighs) one that I would bring up just really quickly to Google is for those of you who haven't heard of it, there's a company in the United States called Dollar Shave Club. Right. So one of the problems that they that they represent was, you know, razor blades at the market are super expensive. And so not only did they release dollar dollar razor blades or dollar razors for you to get them, but the ad campaign that they use for it is creative. It's off the wall. It's different. And and so, again, for those of you as financial services, I'm not saying that's exactly what you should do. But as you look at it, the, the biggest difference for me was they're willing to do something different. They're willing to step out outside of, you know, razor blades are great, or it's going to cut your skin less, or we're going to add more blades. And they get funny with it, or they add personality to it, or they do something wildly different that the competition isn't willing to do. So that doesn't mean go crazy, but what it does mean is if that's your personality, or even if that personality is in your social circle or it's in your life, bring that into what you're doing. I think people these days, more than ever, because of the noise to noise to education ratio, and because there's so many people out there, people want the same things they've always wanted, which is to find people they trust, find people that they like. And then as they get to know you, they're much more willing to do business with you and they stick with you. And it's much easier to stick with someone these days with the platforms and with that kind of thing. So, you know, those are great examples to start. You know, look for ads and figures and people in your space that have some personality and that do something different or do something unique or interesting that they bring to it. And that's exactly what I try to do as well. I'm, I'm excited about the creative process. I love to to work with people. And so I make sure that my personality and, and what I like and care about is front and center. You know As we head
0: towards the end, Ken, is there a business book you've read recently, again, that's made you sit up and think, wow, lots of lessons to be learned from that?
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. So my my book would be Essentialism. For those of, those of you that haven't read that, let me pull you up an author real quick for that. Um, Essentialism book, it's called Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. And I might butcher his name. It's Greg McCown or Greg McCown. Um, check it out on Amazon. Really, the, the focus of it, it is a business book, but it also includes some marketing lessons. Um, and really what it's about is about focusing on the things that matter most and the things that are most important in what you're doing. You know, So for me, as a marketing professional, um, it's very easy to get lost in marketing hype. And yeah. I'm sure a lot of financial services avoid marketers because they don't want to listen to the sales pitch and they don't want to listen to the hype. But, you know, it's essential for you as, as a business to find customers. You have no choice. You have to, the second you hung your sign or the second you got your degree or the second you got your certification, you made the the, the hidden agreement that you were going to find customers. And so, you know, really it's focusing on the essential pieces you need to find customers. I don't think it's necessarily about Building a huge platform if you don't want it, or being a speaker if you don't want it. But it's about looking at, all right, what do you, what can you take from this? Like you just asked me, boil it down to the the thing you actually need to do and the simplest possible thing, and then making sure that you execute on it. So it's a short book, it's a great read um, for those of you that that need to figure out, all right, these are the specifics of how I get my phone ringing again, or how I, you know, start making calls to people, how I start getting clients in the door. Um, it's a great
0: book for that. Ken, it's been fascinating to talk to you tonight. I always (laughs) love to get the international perspective. You've got boundless enthusiasm, boundless energy, and some of the ideas and the inspiration has just been flowing through the headphones today. So thanks for coming on the podcast. I'll include links to those books that you've mentioned, but I'd also like to include links so that people can get in touch if they want to. So what is the best way that people should connect with Ken Course?
2: absolutely. So uh, my website is exploremomentum.com and I'll share that with you. We also have a community where we support people in marketing and sales. So if you have questions about that, it's completely free. You can ask questions and respond to what you heard here. Um, And you can find all that at exploremomentum.com. You can also get there from kencourse.com. So I'll send both of those over. So those will be right with the replay as you're listening to this to check it out. And if you heard something and said, great, I want to know more about that LinkedIn thing, or I would love some specifics, or I want to see those videos, I'll definitely make sure to share those there.
0: Great. And those links will be on the show notes for this podcast, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. Ken, once again, thanks for coming on the show. Great pleasure to speak to you. I usually say to people that we must hook up for a coffee pretty soon, but Boston's about four thousand miles away, so we'll probably have to put a specific date in the diary for that one.
2: For sure. And and hopefully me coming that way too.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Take care.
2: All right, thanks so much.
1: Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward MAF for links to the topics, apps, and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. If you are a business person, financial services professional, or journalist and have a marketing or finance story to tell, please get in touch you could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's just thoughts and opinions, okay?